Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. you want to start out your first game in Big 12 play. UCF falls to Kansas State 44-31 to in a game that there's much to discuss about. Um, but what a crazy, crazy game. Hello, uh, hello everybody, and welcome back to Charge On As Always. I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Football is back, and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the -the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds. From Week 1 all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hope everybody's having a good Sunday. Um, I think we're going to put this up again on Sunday. Uh, if we win, probably Monday episodes, but when we lose Sunday, because as Knights fans, I know we don't like to, you know, maybe some Knights fans, I know I don't like to really watch podcasts or listen to takes after a loss at the end of the day we all watch the game and we all kind of know what happened and what didn't happen and what needs to be fixed and what you know looked good there's a lot to go in this game I'm by myself tonight um and usually I don't you know I'm fine being by myself but I do like to have conversations um with Nick Rob Tyler whoever wants to come on because I think it's very informative for you guys to hear other opinions and and stuff like that but I think this game honestly you know obviously I want them on but I think this game obviously is pretty easy to determine what went wrong now I want to say this Kansas State is a really good football team we knew that coming in we said me and Nick predicted that UCF would lose this game ultimately not to a 44 to 31 final and obviously it looked I think the score doesn't indicate how close of a game it was I think we all look at that and say listen at the end of the day it was 24 to 24 and you know we'll get into all of the the issues that took place but Kansas State is a good football team they won the big 12 last year um I told you guys and and the games I've seen this year they are a great football team Uh, I don't care what anybody says to drop out of the rankings after one loss to Missouri, I think is ridiculous. Um, they are much better than you know what they put on film last week. But I'm going to give a lot of credit to our guys uh, because at the end of the day, I think they showed a lot that you know. Listen, you never know when you're. <laughs> we're going in. We went into the game fairly confident, right? You you come in. You're on. You're a three and zero. You've put in some three solid performances. You could. You obviously do better in a lot of areas, but for the most part, the Knights put a lot of good things on film to say, okay, I think we have a shot. We have a good chance. Now, we also said there's a lot going against UCF. The fact that K State lost to Missouri in a heartbreaking fashion. The fact that they're at home after winning the Big Twelve. 
the fact that, you know, a couple of their players are out for the season or banged up. Um, that going for UCF, but again, it gave, I think, Kansas State a little bit of motivation. Um, remember last year, they lost to Tulane, and then their first game against Oklahoma, they beat Oklahoma at their place the week later to start Big 12 play. So there was a lot going against UCF, and we're not going to make excuses here because at the end of the day, uh, Kansas State was the better football team. Uh, UCF did not deserve to win the game, but when it came down to it, UCF had chances and opportunities to win this game. Multiple, multiple opportunities. We're going to talk about everything you want to talk about. Defense, offense, Timmy McLean, uh, how the defense uh, looked very leaky. Um, we're going to get into it all. Uh, let's start with the offense. Ultimately put up 31 points. Uh, Timmy McLean, let's start with Timmy McLean. I thought, let's, I mean, Timmy McLean went 14 of 24 for 264 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. So, and I think he rushed, I mean, I don't even know how much, 11 attempts for 20 yards. A lot of that at the end, guys, was, I mean, he was just running for his life trying to create something. Kansas State did exactly what I thought Kansas State was going to do. Kansas State played a lot of DBs, was limiting a lot of big plays, and tried to force us to run the football. Now, it hurt them at times because Johnny Richardson was electric, and again, we'll get into that. But a lot of the times, listen, at the end of the day, I think Timmy McLean played a great game. I do. I think Timmy McLean played a great game, but unfortunately, unfortunately, and again, I don't know. We'll see next week against Baylor. Unfortunately, I think what hinders Timmy McLean is he has three to four plays of pure stupidity. Of pure stupidity. You look at the the play where, you know, he makes the interception. Luckily, UCF really it didn't hurt UCF too bad uh, because at the end of the day, you know, they have a doink on the field goal. But you look at that score and you say UCF could have went down, put up points, and then got the ball back in the second half, went put up points, and you're looking at, at, at you're looking at a different ball game. But instead, you throw a pick that was an abysmal interception, where he should have just thrown it out of bounds and lived for the lived to see another day, and he didn't. He didn't. So that was one of the plays. The other times, Timmy Timmy has a clear problem sometimes with try, living to fight another play. Taking the loss or saying, listen, there's nothing downfield. Let me throw this ball out. Instead, Timmy tries to be Superman and tries to go out and create, which I get. I understand. You're trying to make something out of nothing, but it hurts your team. Uh, I think the play I can remember, I want to go back and find it if I can. Um, I think it was, again, we were driving the ball down the field, got a pass interference, you know, make up for, you know, some bad play calls or some or some bad errors, um, kind of self-inflicted, uh, get the pass interference call. And on first and 10, clearly stuff breaks down. And instead of Timmy throwing the ball away, he starts running to his left and goes out of bounds uh, and takes a 12-yard loss. So it's second and 22. And then you get a penalty after that. And it's third and 
24 25 those plays cost UCF significantly and I think just as much as Timmy kept UCF in the game in a lot of certain moments making significantly beautiful throws down to Kobe Hudson Timmy McLean kept you in this game and, and, and ran the offense good but he also lost you the game in certain moments and really put UCF in a, a bind in a lot of certain moments. Not taking the check down to R.J. Harvey that one play. That's a huge play. I don't care if you only get two yards. Instead, you get two yards, and then or, or you go minus 12. So, again, I think we can win with Timmy McLean. I think we'll talk about Baylor on Thursday, but I think UCF can easily beat the Baylor Bears with Timmy McLean because Timmy McLean showed a lot tonight. He proved a lot of UCF fans right or wrong because I think there's still more to see, but I think for what he showed and for how he played against a Kansas State team that you know is much better than many people I think are giving them credit for, uh, he really he showed up. 470 yards of total offense, 264 passing yards, 143 rushing yards. Um, only night again. This this is the killer. 19. Uh, First downs to Kansas State's 31. On third down, they weren't terrible, but not good. Less than 50%, 5 for 12. Um, Kansas State was 9 for 15. We'll talk about the defense. Total plays. Uh, UCF only ran 59 total plays to Kansas State's 82. That is not uh, great. Uh, Time possession, Kansas State dominated 35 to 25. Um, I'm surprised, or uh, they sacked us four times. And they had eight tackles for loss. Kansas State did. So a lot we played from behind the line of scrimmage a lot. Um, but let me down know down in the comments what you thought of Timmy McClain. Again, I thought he played very well. A great game. But unfortunately, when you have three or four abysmal decisions, that hurts you in the end. When you make three or four decisions where it hurts your team moving forward... It, it hurts your chances of winning the game. And I think Timmy McLean, unfortunately, just as much as he kept us in it and played outstanding on offense, he also lost us the game in some of those situations. Johnny Richardson played phenomenal tonight. Um, I think they used him exactly how you're supposed to use Johnny Richardson. Um, six carries for 76 yards, I don't think tells the full story. I mean, he made play after play in the kicking game um, on offense. I mean, he was everywhere tonight, and he gave Kansas State fits. Um, I actually loved, and I knew UCF understood that, listen, Kansas State's rushing defense is elite. Um, They tried to run with R.J. Harvey, but again, 14 carries for 39 yards wasn't happening. They played great defense on the run. Um, 34 carries for 143 yards. I think that's the best. That's the most Kansas State has given up all year. So, I mean, I give... I give the, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to give the O-line some credit there because at the end of the day, that is, I don't know how many teams are going to run for 143 yards on K-State because again, they are exceptional in run defense. Um, But besides that, they really kind of stopped the run Uh, and that kind of, and I love using Johnny in those instances. I mean, obviously the one huge, I think it was like third and 16, third and 17 and he picks it up and you're just like, wow, like. The announcers even were like crazed because yeah, like they used Johnny in the perfect situations. You use him 
to kind of run past the defenses. And he was the fastest player on the field tonight, and, and he really showed it. Um, obviously, Kobe Hudson has, I think, officially overtaken Javon Baker as uh, wide receiver one. At the end of the day, he's gone for over 103 straight games. Co- Javon Baker, I don't know what it is. I don't. I. I don't know if it's just what happens during the game. I have no idea. He still was targeted five times. Only had one catch for you know on five targets. But Kobe Hudson seems to be that guy now. I mean, at the end of the day, but we kind of have to. Like I said, we have to get more players involved. It kind of just seems like Kobe Hudson right now is the only guy. Xavier Townsend is a close second, but it seems like again. Teams kind of know how they're playing us. You you put a bunch of DBs back there and you know kind of force UCF to to run the ball. And we can talk about both both lines right now. Um, yeah, um, offensive line or you know this this pod's gonna go all over the place because it's just straight thoughts. Uh, two turnovers uh, hurt. Or, I mean, the McLean turnover didn't necessarily hurt. The Harvey fumble, uh, not much he can do there. He was, you know, fighting for yardage, got the ball punched from behind. You know, again, you never want turnovers, and that really honestly sucks, but the turnovers hurt us at the end of the day. Uh, Offensive line, I think this is our defensive line and offensive line as a whole have to be much better at the end of the day I think what sums up the offensive line play in in one word right now is when Kansas or not one word <laughs> long night guys uh when Kansas State rushed three and we got a, f- a holding penalty uh with three guys rushing that's unacceptable again huge play Tim McLean finds Kobe Hudson for I think a 20 30 yard pass Gets brought back 10 yards because of a holding penalty on Grable, even though they only rushed three guys. You could definitely tell that the defensive line was giving UCF fits all night, um, or K-State's defensive line. Um, I think they gave Timmy time on, a, on certain plays, um, but most of the time, you know, if somebody got through or Timmy had to kind of if if we weren't getting the ball out quick really there was if if he was staying in the pocket and they were rushing four it's different if they were rushing three you know usually obviously we have time you're only rushing three guys against five uh, but usually when they rushed four we were toast I mean we didn't have a lot of time so I don't know how to fix that I mean, at the end of the day, you you say you planned for the entrance to the Big 12, and I think at times they showed that they could be great. I think at times they showed that they could be a great offensive line and defensive line. But at the end of the day, I watched Kansas State's D-line and O-line, and I think they played better than both of our O-lines and D-lines. So uh, I think we make too many mistakes, uh, and I think we're going to get into mistakes on defense uh, when it comes to penalties, but 10 penalties for 80 yards... And a lot of that honestly came from the offense. Uh, defensively, you had the really one long possession where you get the roughing the passer, uh, which I think was an abysmal call. Uh, at the end of the day, Tremont shouldn't have pushed him, but what a terrible, 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 terrible call for a roughing the passer call. I think it was abysmal. That was a terrible call. But at the same time, you shouldn't have pushed him. 
So, I mean, and then later on in the drive, you have hands to the face by Lee Hunter, which kind of just keeps the drive moving and kind of gave them the 31 to 24 lead. Cause at that time it was 24, 24. You felt like UCF could have went for it on that fourth and two. They ended up not going for it. I think that's controversial. I don't necessarily think I agree. I understood not going for it. I get wanting to go for it. I know a lot of people on Twitter were like, why didn't we go for that? We've kind of made ourselves known as on fourth and two or third and two, we're going wildcat. And I think in that situation, there was a, it was after halftime. Again, their run, their run defense is legit. I think Gus is, was like, listen, we're right there. Let's punt this ball away. Let's try to get a stop. I'd rather give them the ball down there than get a stop on our 40 and, and have it easy for them. So I actually didn't hate the call of getting the penalty and, and punting the ball away. And at the same time, the defense had the opportunity to make a stop. They did. They stopped them. They just had a, a terrible, terrible roughing the passer call. Um, but then with the offense, just because I, I, I know I want to get to the defense, um, for your first Big 12 game with a backup quarterback and uh, going up against a hungry Kansas State defense, um, that again, I don't think their corners really did anything to surprise me. I think we were able to throw the ball. Um, I think they called a good game. I think Hinshaw called a good game. I think towards the end, I think there was a little bit of a frantic, we're down, let's let's try and uh, figure something out. Um, but I think UCF didn't really have a problem moving the ball. I think a little early, they tried to run the ball too much, but I think I'll give them credit. Running the ball that much kind of opened up the passing game and the deep passing game, and I really loved uh, Hinshaw's play calls, obviously. Like we've already said the first three games. Um, some stupid calls, like trying to get R.J. Harvey again to be a quarterback, and um, that was probably one of the worst offensive drives because it was R.J. Harvey um, trying to throw it out, didn't do it. Then you run it back with Timmy doing basically the same thing. They don't have anything, and then it's it was one after the other on that drive. But I think for the for the offense, I am very pleased with what I saw. You just got to clean up the mistakes. The mistakes killed UCF tonight, um, and that is the reason why they got the score that they got. UCF was in this game heading into the fourth quarter. At the end of the day, you made too many mistakes towards the end of the game that cost you. And you made too many mistakes early on in the game that cost you later in the game. You you give a team like Kansas State, if you give a lot of these Big 12 teams the opportunities you give, unfortunately, you're going to lose a lot of these games. It's plain and simple. You're not going to win a lot of these games if you give all these teams as many opportunities as you do. 10 penalties for 80 yards is inexcusable, especially on key drives. If you really want to call how this game ended, it was on the drive where Kansas State scored to 31 because you had two defensive penalties, and then it was terrible offensive mindset on two drives where Timmy runs out of bounds when he should have just thrown the ball away, throws an interception, uh, has a, a holding call on offense, that kills you. That lost you the game. But UCF didn't look out of the ordinary. They didn't look like they didn't belong there. They didn't look like they couldn't have won the game. You could have won the game. Just that simple. You're down by seven going to the fourth quarter. You, you had a chance to take the lead when it was 24-24, 
And I understand, again, like I said, I understand the fans wanting to go for it. I, I get it. Kansas State was moving the ball all over us. I understand going for it. But I, I don't really hate the coach's decisions. And I also don't hate the coach's decisions on defense for declining some penalties. And we're going to get into that right now. Um, but I thought the offense played well, but the mistakes just were too costly um, for the Knights tonight. Let's talk about the defense. That was rough. That was a rough watch. Um, I think the second half, I actually really liked how they played in the second half. It won't show it on the scoreboard, obviously, because they still put up 44, which, again, garbage time touchdowns. The game was in reach. That's why I hate that it was as it looks as worse than what it actually was. But it is what it is. Um, I thought the problem that I've said, and, and you know, I said in the Boise State game, my only problem is that we feel like this defensive line should be more dominant. You know, all we've been hearing is how dominantly Hunter is, how dominant our defensive line is, and that we're more worried about our corners and kind of how they're going to cover. Because our defensive line is elite. They've been planning for this. And this is what's going to save us. This is this is the, the part of our defense that is elite and is going to really kind of make wonders, right? And there are different factors to where, okay, maybe you don't get a sack for some reason. Maybe it's pressure. I'll say the best thing the defense did tonight was bat down balls. The best thing the defensive line did tonight was bat down the balls. Uh, I think they might have had like five or six. I don't know. It was pretty impressive. I was like, wow, that's the best thing that they're doing. Like I said, I think they played much better in the second half. The score wouldn't necessarily tell you because they put up 10 in the third and 13 in the fourth. But I think they really kind of did a lot better in the second half. With that being said, though, when you let DJ Giddens run for 207 yards and four touchdowns and also uh, be the leading uh, pass catcher with eight receptions for 86 yards, that is ridiculous. And I didn't. I don't want to say I didn't see this coming, but I mean, let's be honest here. You go back to Boise State. Ashton Genty was literally Boise State's only source of offense against UCF. They couldn't do anything else but use Ashton Genty in the pass game and run game. And the problem tonight is you couldn't stop the running back in the pass and run game. You couldn't stop in the pass game. You certainly couldn't stop in the run game. They had almost 300 yards of rushing, and 207 came from DJ Giddens. Uh, unfortunately, the way UCF's run defense works and the way I'm seeing it is they completely, if, if he's going to one side, they completely shut down that side. But all the running back has to do is cut it out to that opposite side, and you have to only beat about one guy, and it's a safety. Because every single linebacker, every single player is so focused on that one side, you can get whatever you want on the other end. And I think that hurts UCF. Defensive line does not scream to me a power defensive line. It screams to me a good defensive line, but one that is very leaky. I think I tweeted out um, at halftime, I think I said something along the lines of defense needs to, defense is a little shaky, a little leaky right now. Um, if they want to, the offense, it's going to have to be a shootout. Because I don't know if the defense can hold them. And they really couldn't. At the end of the day, 
the runs opened up the passing game for Will Howard, who really didn't, you know, he is very accurate, like we said. Will Howard, in my opinion, is probably, if not the best, a top three quarterback in the Big 12. Uh, he really does the short passing game extremely well, and he really knows how to manage a football game. Uh, he knew what UCF was going to do. Um, they played the. He knew UCF was going to load the box in certain moments to try and play the run and killed us with the short pass. Because at the end of the day, if you look at his stats, it doesn't blow you off the page. I mean, 27 to 42, 255, a pick. And I think he ran in for two scores, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Will Howard, seven seven rushing attempts for 64 yards and two touchdowns. Certainly doesn't tell me that he had a bum ankle because clearly we couldn't do anything about his, his QB ability when it comes to running the football, which also scares me because if Will Howard on a bum leg is running 64 yards and two touchdowns against us, imagine what Jalen Daniels is going to do, what these running quarterbacks are going to do to this defense. Um, I think this defense does have potential. Um, I actually liked how the corners played at the end of the day. And, you know, I'm going to give Corey Thornton him credit um, he did kind of he read that one play beautifully uh, when it comes to the, comes to the interception. But I think a lot of people on Twitter were saying it, and I think a lot of UCF fans understand it. And if you think I'm wrong, you could tell me in the comments. But Corey Thornton is opposing team's best friend. Kansas State threw Corey Thornton probably 15 times tonight, maybe more. If Corey Thornton didn't go out of the game, they were going to keep going at him. Corey Thornton is so up and down, he like he makes good plays. Like That's the thing. The interception was beautiful. He read the route. He played it perfectly. But then at every other time, he had a... Corey Thornton got beat for a touchdown. Will Howard puts that on the money. That's a touchdown. Like That's my problem with Corey Thornton. I think he's a great ambassador for UCF. He's been here so long, and I think... He has gotten better. The problem is he is way too up and down. And opposing teams are taking note of that. And they are throwing it at him. They are forcing him to make plays. And it's not just Kansas State. Boys, he did the same thing. Nobody's throwing at Brandon Adams. Name me one time in the last four games this season where you looked at Brandon Adams and you said, yikes, Brandon, Brandon's not in the right spot. No, you're because they're nobody's throwing at Brandon Adams, and if they do, it ain't, it ain't getting complete. Brandon Adams has had a phenomenal first half of the season. Corey Thornton has not. Corey Thornton has gone had ups and he's had downs. DJ Giddens is the reason you lost this game. You couldn't stop DJ Giddens. He had four touchdowns, and you couldn't stop the short passing game. This is seems to be the mantra or the problem with UCF, like. You can't bend. You can't do a bend don't break. You won't win games like that. I know what UCF is doing. UCF, and again, I would love to sit down with the coaches and they can tell me kind of their their defensive identity. They don't want to give up the big play. They're keeping everything in front of them. Uh, they've been doing a lot more man, but tonight I did see a lot more zone, which I think is understandable with kind of what they were trying to do. They didn't want to give up the big play. They're trying to keep everything in front of them. Unfortunately, you have to switch up the defense a little bit once that starts to kind of become an issue. And I think they did. Again, in the second half, I think they played much, much better. But unfortunately, Will Howard lit you up. It doesn't show it on the scoreboard here. Didn't show with, you know, 255 yards passing. 
But at the end of the day, the short passing game, they could get whatever they want in the short passing game. Fourth and two, they pass it to Sonat, and you know he gets a first down. Like, they could do whatever they wanted. On the one that we actually stopped them on fourth down, I think that was a first down. I think we got lucky with where they placed it. And that replay kind of doesn't have a good look at it. But when you... That was my issue. We didn't really change the way we were playing defense in the second half. We made slight changes um, to try and combat that. But at the same time, if they wanted to get a first down on, through the air, like it, every time on a third and six, guys, I thought they were going to get it. I'm like, we're not stopping this. And I was, I liked Gus, and I liked them declining a lot of those penalties. Because at the end of the day, a second and 15, I'd rather have a third and 10 than a second and 15. Because at the end of the day, we can't stop them either way. So I'd rather have them in the third down. So if we can get that one play, and guess what? UCF's defense made plays. They did go, they did stop them on third down. But when it really mattered, and we stopped them on third down, we have a stupid penalty. Give them the ball back. Have them, you know, rush for a quick 20 and then take a break. Like, if we just look at the drives here, I mean, let's look at Kansas State's drives, guys. They had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 11 total drives. Touchdown, interception, touchdown, touchdown, punt, downs, which again, I don't think... uh, I don't think that was on downs. I, I think they got that. Field goal attempt, that was missed. So that would if they he if he didn't doink it, that was a make. Uh and then the second half, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And on the one, again, it should have been a punt, but UCF has a stupid penalty, roughing the passer. And it pushes them, and they go and score a touchdown. And that was, and then if you look at ours, which again, I think we moved the ball. We had 12 drives, and our average time of possession was two minutes and six seconds. We went field goal, touchdown, fumble, punt, touchdown, interception, halftime, touchdown, punt, missed field goal, downs, touchdown. That's your ball game. You made too many mistakes in the second half to ultimately come out and win the game. That, that's all it is. It sucks to hear it. It sucks to like. It, it sucks to look at it. Jason Johnson, you know, came out in form. Twelve total tackles. Um, he looked good tonight. Lee Hunter, I think he came out in certain chances. You can't have a, fa- uh, a hands to the face penalty. I think that really hurt UCF big time. I think Nakai Martinez looked really good. Um, there was nothing that Nakai did that where I shook my head. I thought Josh Salascar had probably one of his worst games. He could not get anything from that left side. He couldn't any no moves he could do. He could get to the quarterback. Um, at the end of the day, you need to get pressure. And unfortunately, I don't think this defensive line got a lot of pressure tonight, and that ultimately hurt UCF. I mean, you when you give a guy like Will Howard all this time in the pocket to throw, ultimately, it, it's going to hurt you. And I know, obviously, we have injuries. Ricky Barber barely played. I think he might have played just one series. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. You got to play with who you can play with. And, you know, you got to get pressure. Tough loss, guys. Very tough loss. At the end of the day, this is how it is. 
You're in the Big 12 now. You're in a bigger conference. At the end of the day, the four newcomers all lost today. Obviously, we wanted to be that one that you know played different and won our game, and we had a good opportunity. We played it tight. We played it close. At the end of the day, just we just came up short. But like we said, you know, UCF is going to have a chance to do something special this year. I don't know what that is, um, but ultimately, and I'm not trying to say I'm right. I wish I was wrong tonight, but. I didn't see any way UCF was going to win this game before the season. Now, up until the game, I thought there was a slight chance. But I thought going into Baylor, UCF is 3-1. and one. If UCF, and we'll talk about Baylor next week, guys. But UCF, I think, has a very good shot at being Baylor. Right? If any of us said 4-1 and one heading in after Baylor, that we'd be 4-1, and one, I think that'd be amazing. Now we got to go beat Baylor. But again, if you're three and one heading into Baylor, I don't think any of us are complaining. Some of us might have thought two and two. So I think you'd be grateful we won the three. And this team is not as bad as the score portrayed tonight or was shown tonight. It was a lot closer of a game. UCF had had an opportunity to win on multiple occasions. They just came up short against a team that has been playing in this Power Five thing for a little bit longer now. And has a little bit more depth than we do right now. And wanted it a little bit more. I know I don't like to say that. But at the end of the day, you can't make the mistakes you make tonight. If you want to win 10 games. It's just that simple. But here's the positive. You have everything ahead of you. Every game on your schedule is winnable. Every game. You can win every game. And we'll see when John Rice comes back. At the end of the day, I don't think John Rice is the problem. Uh, I, I I don't think Timmy McLean is the problem. I don't think he was the problem tonight, even though, again, I do think he lost UCF the game in certain moments, uh, where if he doesn't make those mistakes, uh, I think it's a lot closer, if not a win for UCF. And they'll get that corrected. But everything is ahead of UCF. I know it sucks. I know it's, it's terrible. Nobody wants to watch this episode. I know that we're not going to get many views on this episode unless they're from K-State fans, because I know it's hard to watch after a loss, but I think it's it's good to talk about it. It's good to vent about it. And I think this team is a lot better than what, if anything, I'll say this. I'm more confident in this team after tonight than I was after the last three weeks because at least I got to see this team up against an opponent like that and I got shown a lot to be proud of and happy for moving forward. Stuff needs to get it cleaned up. I'll say it 50,000 times. The mistakes that were made tonight were costly mistakes that cost UCF the football game. But make no mistake, those things will get cleaned up and UCF will be one of the top teams in the Big 12 this year. Because I think there's a lot of wins on this schedule. And there's a lot worse teams in this league that are not Kansas State quality that UCF will be able to beat. Credit to Kansas State. You outplayed us. And I think you're going to be really good in the Big 12 this year. Hopefully, uh, next week you can really rest up and, and get your quarterback kind of just healthier. But that'll do it, guys, for charge on. I'm not going to prolong this. I hope my rant, my solo rant, didn't really hurt your ears. It's kind of just everything that came to my mind. Ultimately, it is what it is. And, and hopefully next week during Baylor... Uh, we can get a lot of that stuff corrected and, and, and play a solid game of football to get our first win in the Big 12. 
All right, guys, this has been Charge On, presented by Bet Online. We will see you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.